Welcome to the Lioness Queen podcast, where our motto is all about living residue free, not allowing the residue from a negative event in your life hinder you from moving forward where God is leading and directing you. Your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha, founder, speaker, author, divorce coach, and licensed minister provides motivating messages that will help encourage and empower women to live their best life beyond their past and recognize the worth of their crown. Now, let's jump into your weekly dose of letting go of the past and living totally residue-free. Here's your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha. Welcome back. Welcome back, my Lioness Queens. I'm so excited about today's episode because we're highlighting another Lioness Queen, Mrs. Diane Halfman, who I have to talk about the was before I talk about the is. And so Miss Halfman was an undercover police officer. She was an undercover in that role, an undercover prostitute on patrol every night chasing gang members, Crips and Bloods, worked 12-hour shifts. But today, she is a consultant, a trainer, a speaker, a podcaster on an international mission to help passionate, high-achieving entrepreneurial leaders learn to live a life by design and not by default so that you can become more confident, trust yourself more and access your inner power to move through any obstacle. Getting through any uncertainty or chaos is as easy as allowing your knowing and true power to lead the way. Ms. Diane understands fear and survival instincts. She's lived them and knows what it takes to find your grit, perseverance, and power to push through any challenge. Her podcast, Live Your Spa Life, is a call to action for all women to define and create the life that they truly want. Welcome, Miss Diane. Marisha, thank you so much for having me. I love when you and I chat. Oh my gosh. So I'm reading this and I'm just like, wow, wow. Well, welcome to the Lioness Queen podcast, where our motto is all about living residue free, not allowing the residue from a negative event in your life hinder you from moving forward where God is leading and directing you. And our mission is to help encourage and empower women just like you to live their best life beyond their past and walking their purpose and recognize the worth of their crown. Now, before every episode, I love to start out with a quote or a poem. And today I found a quote and I found a quote. It's like, wow, this is, I like this quote. This quote is by Jay-Z. And so the quote says, I'll read it two times. I'll read it two times. The quote says, identity is a prison. You can never escape. But the way to redeem your past is not to run from it but to try to understand it and use it as a foundation to grow. Let me say it again, because I, when I read it, I was like, woo, that's, that's, woo, okay. Identity is a prison you can never escape, 
But the way to redeem your past is not to run from it, but to try to understand it and use it as a foundation to grow. So I'm going to ask you, what what does that what does that quote mean for you? <clears throat> well, I think the whole thing around identity is a prison. I think a lot of times when people I believe like your mess is your message, like the things that you thought were like, how did this happen to me versus for me? I think allows people to not fully embrace all the different aspects of themselves. And so your identity is the identity that God gave you. And we live that and it's only up to him in those steps of what that's going to look like. And so when we embrace that, all of that is us, then we can actually claim who we are and we can start speaking from our truth because God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't put things in our path in order for us to avoid them. But these are actually tools in our tool belt that he's setting up for us so that we have better understanding that we can use that message to help other people. Amen. Amen. I, when I found the quote, I was like, Ugh. but I'm telling you so many people, um, just don't realize that your past is a foundation. Things that you went through, jobs you worked at, things that you did, even your mistakes, all of that is a foundation for you moving forward, for you growing, for you evolving. And I truly believe in seasons and um, you know, just I was looking at your um, your website and just to hear your story about your past, right? Um, and, and the line of work that you did. Um, truly, uh, I'm pretty sure you didn't know, right, really what God was doing in the season. And let me ask you that, like, how did you... How, that was a question for me. Um, you know, uh, as a believer, at times, did you feel like doing that undercover work? Um, like, how did that pull on your heart? Hmm. Yeah, good question, Marisha. You know, I think you're right. Like when, especially when you do undercover work and just police work in general, you know, it's like any assignment that we're giving in life. We don't always know what that assignment is going to look like and what the day to day of that is. I mean, my prayer was like that I would get home to my two young babies and that I would make good decisions that would help people in their life and not hinder that. And, you know, I went to 12 years Catholic school. I grew up, you know, as a believer and in my family. And when I started doing some of the undercover work, I remember thinking, Lord, I'm not prepared for this. Like, I don't know each day who I'm going to be confronted with. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make quick enough decisions, if I'm going to make the right decision, you know, is this going to actually help in the work that we're doing? And when I had a, a good understanding that the reason we were working undercover prostitution was that we were hunting a serial killer who was targeting prostitutes, that was targeting um, vulnerable populations. And so it was within knowing the bigger purpose of that, I believe God gave me each night, you know, here's, here's the skills, here's to be alert, here's just making one decision, you know, not really knowing the full path, right? Just knowing here's the good decision to be made in the moment. And so for me, you know, I, 
I always kind of questioned because I didn't grow up going, oh, I want to be a police officer. You know, it was something that I, you know, my dad prompted me to look at law as a career, maybe as an attorney. And it was only through the process that, you know, I evolved into being a police officer. And uh, I believe that the things that happened, you know, in my work that I know I made a positive input, especially on young kids and situations where, you know, if I wasn't there and, and, you know, obviously another police officer could have been there, but this type of calls and things that I went to, I know some of the things I was able to share with people. I know some of the things I was able to do to help, uh, were answered prayers for them. And uh, they maybe didn't even recognize it in the moment, you know, because some of them, they may have said, hey, this was the worst day of my life, but it's also what saved them um, down the road in other decisions. So I believe everything that happens, that, that God's directing that, and we may not see it in the moment. We may not see it in the moment. And you had to shift um, as we were talking about identities, you had to kind of shift um, almost like code switch in a way where you had to at work be a certain person, you know, you had to be a certain person as a mother, as a wife, you know, as a daughter, you know, you had to code switch through, um, and transition. How was that process for you? Because I truly believe, um, that line of work, um, it, it you know, it takes a lot out of you. Uh, I'm pretty sure. And the, and the 12 hour shifts you were doing and you did it for so long. What was that like that you had, you having to code switch, you know, between work and home and who is really Diane? Like, how was that for you? Yeah. You know, that's a great question because that isn't always a smooth transition. Uh, I think, you know, you can, you can build up some skill sets that help you with that. Uh, I think when I was working and putting the uniform on, I had to suppress some of my fears in situations to be like, there was no time for me to be fearful. It had to be like, okay, let me gather all my training. Let's, you know, how can I make the best decisions? I didn't have the luxury, just like any other police officer to be like, let's sit down and think about this. Let's, let's look at, let's put down all the pros and cons. And, you know, a lot of times you, you had to make very quick decisions and you know you have to take all the, the knowledge that you know of a of a situation in the moment and make make those decisions and then you know because when you're working uniform you're literally going from one trauma situation to the other like you're going you could go from you know a shooting to a domestic violence to something involving children to you know there's just there's not a time to process all of these things which is why there's you know you learn a lot of compartmentalization like okay you know, put, put that emotion and thought here. I now need to be fresh eyes on the next situation and then fresh eyes on the next situation. And so, you know, in, in doing that, um, that can be a lot of, of built up, not only decision fatigue, because you're just making so many different decisions, but then to have techniques like sitting in your driveway and taking some extra deep breaths, you know, maybe saying a prayer, you know, really doing some conscious shifting so that I'm not bringing a lot of that anxiety or aim, uh, you know, um, uh, not just not fear per se. Sometimes there's fear. Like, you know, you take this home and go, you know, God, I hope my family is safe and that, you know, certain things don't happen or, you know, I didn't get followed home by someone who was upset with, you know, whatever had happened during the day. 
So being able to transition just my own being uh, to come in and then be a mother, right? And, and, you know, be focused in what was best for my children and how to create a safe structure for them um, became really imperative. And then, you know, switching that hat again into becoming a prostitute and being like, okay, where do I draw from to, you know, what would someone say in the street in a certain situation? You know, how would they say that? And sometimes those personas, if you will, um, bleed over into other, you know, situations. And I would say something to my girls where they'd look at me like, what did you just say? And then they would be confused. Right. And then be like, Oh, wait a minute, I'm home now. <laughs> right. And so, you know, just being aware and, and being present, uh, to what is in front of me in the moment. And, and when you're being present and you're really looking at, um, how you can speak in the moment and be present to that and not be influenced with everything else going around. Uh, I believe that's a practice skill. And I believe that's something that is um, some divine intervention in a lot of times. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to think of your job is uh, um, what's the, what's the, that job? Uh, what, what's the term? I mean, I feel as if um, whether you're doing undercover work or not, you know, there is that unknown. There is that, you know, everybody doesn't expect, respect the badge. And, um, and you know, it, 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 unfortunately, you have that in the back of your mind, but you still have to do the job, you know? And I, I truly love the fact that we as women were able to do any job. And I truly believe we have the skill set. We have um, that innate part in us where we can fit wherever we need to fit. And I think it's really important when you work in stressful, um, if you have a stressful job, right? And that could be any job. It doesn't necessarily have to mean um, being a police officer, but being um in a in a very um high whatever the word is you know i think about like being a lawyer in a law firm very stressful job depending on what type of lawyer you are and you have to do the same thing right because if not you can bring it at home yeah right yeah. there are a lot of jobs where the stress is so intense we can bring that home and then it, it it's hard to relate to your family you know if you're married and your children it's hard to relate because it's almost like this weight you know that you bring home um but i love the fact that you said you know you use the word assignment and i love that because i truly believe every job that we have we are on assignment and you felt in your heart that okay i know what this assignment is but i just want to make a difference I want to be a light, right? Um, and that's the goal. But but there's also seasons, and in life, there the seasons change, and 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 that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about that shift that happened in your life when um, it was time, you know, for that season to change and, and for you. Um, 
to step into the next chapter of your life. And I think that's when you uh, you said it on, on your website is when you found grit. Talk talk about that moment when you know I truly and I truly believe that was God, right? I truly believe, um, and, and, and God warns us in ways, and we don't realize it. You know that it's a warning because if you would have stayed, you don't know what would have happened. But something happened, and it shifted you to feel as if found my grit. I found my calling. So talk about that. Yeah, definitely. So my, my, my final case, I was a liaison between, um, a family who had had their seven-year-old daughter kidnapped and subsequently killed. And it was one of the first cases that I actually knew the family. I knew the victim and I was helping represent the police department to help find her. There was a very big um, volunteer effort um, to find her. And I was very involved in that case. Not only did, you know, my daughters were relatively young, you know, the victim's family lived only a mile from my home. It really shook the community of how you could feel safe or not feel safe in your own home because she was taken from her own bed. And so, you know, as a parent, you think that you can protect your child and do everything that you can. And sometimes bad things still happen, right? And you can do everything you can to try and protect your child to, you know, even as a police officer doing the best that you can. And, and some of these things happen. Now, what a lot of people didn't know is that um, behind the scenes, I had been in a long-term relationship that was not um, a positive influence. And because I was somebody who uh, I had gone through a divorce early on in my, in my police career, uh, I believe there was, you know, as you use the term residue, where, you know, I had part of that within me that when I moved into another relationship, I was willing to um, put up with things that uh, I probably wouldn't have in, in an earlier time in my life. And there was also the perspective of that because I saw so much tragedy day in, day out, I started really kind of justifying within myself and, and a relationship that I was in that, oh, it's not as bad. Or, you know, I can put up with uh, some of that negative talk or, you know, some of those things that made me feel that really affected my self-esteem. And a lot of people don't necessarily separate a police officer to what their personal life may look like, right? And how those things look differently and how I could show up and um, do my job and be strong for other people. But I, I wasn't always being uh, strong and, and having that clear line for myself. And so it was during that case that I actually got a call from this boyfriend of mine and he really said some uh, hurtful things and it was really saying like, you know, you need to come home and make dinner and was just totally, you know, undermining me working in the case. And there was like, it's almost as if there was um, like this quiet that went over. And I believe this was a message from God where it was like, you know what, this is, this relationship does not, um, it doesn't exalt you. It's not the direction I want from you. It's not what the example I want for your daughters. It's not what I want for you. And, you know, I'm going to help you move through this. And I remember being very calm in the moment with my partner and, and had just said to him that, you know, you may not see this, but we're done. And I believe that it took, you know, 
this tragedy for me to be quiet enough to hear the message from God, to know that I deserved better than that, that that wasn't the example that I was here to be. And that is also where the word spa life came in with God pointing me in the next direction. Cause I believe that God doesn't shut a door unless he shows you the way for the next place to go. And so I needed to, you know, build within the grit of myself that I was going to have to transition through a challenging relationship, that I was moving out of my profession, that there were a lot of different things. I had shattered my my gun hand in a tra training accident. Like there were a lot of signs and things to tell me it was time to move on to the different place and to trust that that God would would get me there on the other side, even though I didn't know what that was going to look like in the, in the time that I was experiencing it. Yeah. And it, you know, uh, the signs were there and it's so funny you know i think about this i'm like you know when you think about relationships you know and relationships that don't work out honestly if we look back hindsight i swear hindsight the signs were there you know always. when i look back always it's like but we see what we want to see right and um and we try to see you know, I always say we try to see uh, potential, right? Well, potential isn't enough. Yeah. You know, there's so many, unfortunately, there's so many women who, you know, trust potential. Oh, he has so much potential. But if he doesn't recognize it, it's only the potential you see. Nobody else sees it, you know? Right. Um, and, but when it comes to, God saying, hey, it's time for you to move. It's time for you to shift. You know, and that can be a scary place because you don't know what that next will be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you don't know. You just don't know. And, and right. that's a scary place for any human being. Um, but that's the one thing. That's the space of faith. You know, that is the space where God is like, hey, rely on me you know and um on, on your website you have this quote and i really like it it's that our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light not our darkness that most frightens us so instead of shining the light outside i started shining the light inside and trusting myself and my innate knowing what does that what does that mean to you so <clears throat> there's so many times when we think of power so when we talk about spa life you know that's that's an acronym it stands for seek power always and it's that divine power within us god always gives us the tools we may not always recognize it and when we sometimes think about power in in this world we look at you know, outside of ourselves, we may say, oh, well, the government's going to save us or be powerful, or even, you know, law enforcement, if something happens, they're going to come there and be there for me. And so we always are in this world and this human experience, we tend to look outside of ourselves for people to either rescue us or to be that power for us or to stand up for us. Uh, however, when we look at if that power is within us, right? And that's the divine power that God equips us with. You know, he's not going to give us an assignment that he doesn't equip us with. And so 
when we recognize that true power is actually within us, someone doesn't bestow that power on us. Someone doesn't give it to us. We come with it. And when we claim that power and when we know, hey, we're being directed by God. And when we listen to the signs of that, then we can step into that power and do that assignment that God has given us. But until we, you know, surrender to that to that power that he gave us and also not override it with our own power, right? And that we are given it, but we also need to recognize where it's coming from and know that, that you know, there's always a reason for something, whether, whether we see it in that timing or not. And so it was important for me to recognize that, you know, God's not going to present me with things that doesn't give me a way out or a way through or the, the, the information that I need to have. And, you know, a lot of times we lock into knowledge like, oh, I'll read more or I'll get another degree or I'll, I'll do one more thing. But we don't always really take into account the knowing that becomes, you know, below that, which is comes from our experience that comes from, you know, those God winks that comes from all those things around us that allow us to gather up all these tools and all of these um, ways of being. And, you know, that's like when we have the words that, that show up, right? God is directing those things. And when we trust in that, they come more easily. Yeah. I, you know, when you were saying, you kept saying the word power within. And, you know, I can connect that back to identity, what we talked about earlier, you know. Um, and I truly believe, as Jay-Z said it, you know, it, it it's almost like a prison. And I truly believe it's like a prison because you don't understand the power from within. And, um, a few times I've had a few episodes where I talked about Nelson Mandela and I talked about how this man was in prison, but there, as you said, there was a power from within. So although he was physically in prison in his mind, he wasn't. And, um, I truly believe that is a space that a lot of women struggle. We struggle in that space of recognizing we have the power within. And, and because of that, we don't know who we are. So we wear this mask in a way where um, we're trying to fit in, but we just don't know us. You know what I mean? And in the same regard, you know, almost like how you had to code switch and you had to wear all these masks. And then sometimes you got them mixed up. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm at home. Oh, I'm at work. You know, I'm not a mother. In this role, I'm not a mother. Um, but again, it goes back to really digging down deep and really under, you know, you talked about the knowledge, but it's the it's the understanding of knowledge. You know, it is that understanding of what God's word says, you know, about you and who you are. You know what I mean? And so tell me, tell me, because you have, I'm telling you, you know, your life story is amazing to me. Your life story is amazing to me. And I truly believe that, you know, women need to see women like you because, you know, you, uh, there's these multiple layers that you have, these multiple experiences that you have. And in the midst of it all, you're still trying to show God's light. 
you're still trying to show God's love. And, you know, we, we need more people like that in the world. We need more people in the world to say, hey, I've been there. You know, I know what that's like. I've, I've been in your shoes. I, I've been, you know, in spaces where I didn't know if I was going to live or die, you know. And and I know recently you, you're also um, a consultant. You know, you have the Spa Life podcast and you're really now on this mission to really help others. And I'm, I'm appreciative of the gift that you've been given because of your experiences. But that's also connected to you realizing the power within you. Right. But how would you help other women recognize the power within themselves? How would you do that? That's a great question, Marisha, because I think that a lot of times people, uh, especially women, they can recognize the things that they uh, appreciate in other people and they don't necessarily see it within themselves. And even in, in consulting, right, it's so much easier when you're not in it to be able to look at someone's totality of their situation and be like, oh, it's this, right? It's obvious because we see the parts that we're not protecting ourselves from, that we're not looking at or, or any of those kind of things. And I think that it's an important exercise for um, women to do in general, whether they do it themselves, if they listen to this and they're like, you know what, I need to take stock of my life. I need to take some inventory about what's going on because God always gives us clues. And so I always do this with, with my clients as well when, when I'm consulting with them is what do people come to you for, right? And we may not always realize what that actually looks like, but you know, they may come to you and people go, oh, I'm quote, just a mother. Well, as a mother, we know we wear a lot of different hats and we see things, right? We got that mother vision, that mother hearing, right? Where we can really distill things very quickly. And so if we start looking at what are the signs along the way, what are the through lines? Because a lot of times people be like, oh, you know, I just worked in that cafeteria or I just drove that truck. You know, I mean, a lot of people didn't know when I was uh, working in, in law enforcement and as I was transitioning out, I actually had a power sweeping business where in the middle of the night, I would sweep parking lots to make that extra money because no matter what, I was going to be able to, you know, get the money for my mortgage because it was important for me to have a home for my daughters, right? So women are really resilient to do whatever it takes for their children. And so when we, sometimes we discount that because we're like, oh, well, kind of embarrassed that I did that or, but instead of that, you're looking at, you know what? I had the resilience. I had the stamina. I had, I made it happen. And so when you start taking inventory of your life and you start looking at all the amazing things that you did and you, sometimes we have shame around those things, you know, or you go, oh, well, because I was divorced, you know, that's, that's a residue. Well, what did you learn from that? Right. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, um, some people call those, you know, practice marriages, like those first marriages where you learn something from that, or hopefully you learn something from that so that you now are more giving in your next relationship, or you're maybe have more compassion in what you're doing. So anytime we take, you know, stock of our life and we start really looking at, you know, what, whatever may be looked at something that we are considering negative to actually, you know, pray about it, to sit with it and go, what was the good thing that came out of that? 
because something came out of that. Either your, your divine gifts were expanded where you had better discernment. You now learned how to be more kind. You had more compassion. There was something in those, those, what we label as those negative things as there was a gift that was in that. And so when we start changing our mindset around everything's happening for us, we can then see it. We may not like it. We may not like how the lesson happened to, you know, to learn that way, but that might've been the only way we were able to learn that lesson. And now we have the experience to share with someone else, to, you know, connect with someone else who will never have had the exact experience we have. And maybe we're saving them a step because of our path. Yeah, so you said something earlier that that made me think about uh, what you just said. Things don't happen to me, they happen for me. And I really, I gravitated onto that because I actually, I say something very similar. Things don't happen to me, but they happen through me because it doesn't stay, right? I can't hold on, I can't hold on to it. But you, what you call it, practice marriages? Yes, yes, yes. I I (laughs) practice marriages. But the one thing I love about the Lord is that even when we do mess up, even when we do make mistakes, he gives us another chance. Yes. You know, and that's the beauty. I think that's just the beauty. That's a beauty in God, you know, and um, that's the beauty in, you know, really understanding, though, that that you have what I say is you have the power to turn that light switch on and off right only you can do it nobody else can turn that light switch on and off and I'm truly appreciative um that you turned your light on and now you're trying to help other women turn that light on so they can be a light to others because I truly believe the things that we go through God doesn't put us through them for nothing Think right. I, I truly believe there's purpose in our pain. And um, when I said that, I, I said that to another guest and she said, I used to say that, but she says it, she feels as if it's not in the pain, it's when I turn away from the pain, right? Because when I turn away is when I, I, I acknowledge, oh, that there's something greater, you know? And, um, and you gotta be in that space to, be open to change, be open to growth, being open to, you know, evolving into where God is leading and directing you. And I'm truly, again, I'm appreciative of your light. You don't understand, Miss Diane, your light, girl, I'm telling you, is um, amazing to me. And you know, I, I'm just like, just, just like you, I'm blessed to meet beautiful people who are just trying to make an impact on the world, you know, and sometimes it's not the masses. Sometimes it can just be that one person. And, you know, that could be whether you work, that could be you showing a smile to someone where you're going through the McDonald's drive through, you know, like you have to realize that you are a walking light. Yes. And um, I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for your life. Now, let me ask you this question while you were making these transitions um, and a lot was going on in your life. How did you help your children deal with this? Because definitely as moms, you know, we deal with a lot of things and 
we we try to carry a lot of weights that we shouldn't and unfortunately some of the weights our children bear um and some of it is just because we're hurt some of it's just because um you know it's just overwhelming so how did you help your children because i think that's another piece that women deal with is they have so much stress going on in their lives with their jobs and things of that nature but then how do they help their children to manage or deal with you know the just the cares of this world right right well i think that what happens is uh first of all it, it depends on what stage your child's at right you know are they young children i mean you know i think we still try and protect them when when they're young and, and have them feel a sense of, of safety and i can remember you know in those early years that was my big focus was for them to be safe but i also taught my daughters uh, self-defense about when to have discernment around trusting when they felt that they weren't safe and that they had choices that they had things that they could do and i think teaching them choice was was a big thing and i would tell them you know when certain things happen in your life you could look at the you know as a tragedy you could say i believe you know everyone can have a victim experience but you have to choose to be a victim and you know you have to look at you know to what was the learning in that and take that learning and to evolve beyond that because when it comes to pain and trauma and negative experiences any of those things you actually get to make a choice whether it's going to um, paralyze you or you're going to put it towards your purpose and that is a choice and you know there everyone has a different path for how long they're going to you know either be in it or decide to learn from it and move on. And we've all come across people who've gotten stuck in their pain and their pain as their story that they can't evolve beyond that. And it's one thing to share your story and share the insights that you've seen from it, but it's another to choose to be stuck in that. And that's where you have to kind of pray through that and ask for just a lifeline, whether that is a consultant or coach, whether that is a, a good friend that you can confide in, you know, to ask for the path to move beyond that pain so that you can teach that to your children. I mean, we talk about, you know, standing on the shoulders of our ancestors that we've learned from the things that they've chosen. And, you know, in order for their pain and their challenges to mean something, we have to learn something from that and take those lessons to then turn around and, and share that with our children. And, you know, in, in all transparency, that wasn't always easy um, for me with my kids, because a lot of times I wanted to be like, oh, don't look at, at how I made that choice. You don't make that choice. Right. And they're looking at me going, well, you made that choice. And now, you know, we maybe don't trust men <laughs> or, you know, we need to see a lot more. And so we had to have some pretty frank discussions. I had, um, you know, I ended up apologizing for some things and saying, you know what, when you know better, you can do better. Um, I made some decisions out of fear, out of things that, that I saw that I was probably um, more strict on my daughters in, in ways that they maybe felt um, I didn't allow them to be themselves in a lot of ways. So there were a lot of things I, I didn't make the best choices in that, but I made the best choices at the time in with what I thought was best for them and what, what that actually looks like. So, you know, I think that it's not one discussion. I think it's something that evolves over time. Yeah. And it's so easy for us to dump on our children. Um, cause they're the closest things to us. 
they're right in the home with us, you know, and I know at times it is challenging to hide your pain, hide the things that you're going through. Um, but again, children, you know, um, don't really have the emotional capacity to really manage a lot of the things that an adult would. Unfortunately, a lot of women don't know that uh, and they do it anyway. And, and the children feel the weight. And um, and I truly believe that we need to be uh, mindful, right, of the things that we do. I remember when I was dealing with my divorce and, you know, hiding my pain from my son was, it was challenging, you know, um, I'm pretty sure he heard me crying at night. I'm pretty sure, you know, he, and there were times where I felt angry, you know, um, but like you said, what I did with my son, we had those talks and the one talk that we had, um, you know, I had to let him know because I didn't want him to internalize my bitterness. I knew he was dealing with his, you know, children, you know, we don't realize that children go through things too. And he was dealing with his own bitterness because, you know, we had to move, you know, we had a really nice home. It was my dream home. And, you know, it was 5,000 square feet and we had to move and, you know, he, friends, school, you know, it was a big disruption. And, um, and so I had to look at, okay, my child is internalizing this in a certain way. I don't, you know, and then children don't have the words, right? They don't have the words to say. And so the one thing I want, the biggest piece that I wanted um, my son to really understand is that people make mistakes. Everyone isn't perfect. You know, I wanted him to know that um, his, because his father you know, had a father, but really didn't have a father. Like his father was physically there, but his father was a drug addict. So his father really wasn't there emotionally. And he really wasn't there physically at times. Um, and so, you know, I was trying to help him understand, like, so your dad doesn't know how to be a dad, one. And two, because of the addiction, like my in-laws lived in separate bedrooms. You know, we're not talking about I love Lucy separate beds. We're talking about separate bedrooms. So when you grow up in a home and your parents live in separate bedrooms, my ex internalized that in a certain way, you know. And so I wanted my son to have a perspective of like, hey, there's a background that I truly believe, you know, that, uh, you know, where your dad is coming from and your dad you know, God gave everybody free will and your dad made a decision that he did not want to be with me, but that has nothing to do with you, you know? And so right. trying to help my son separate, separate it and me verbalizing that, um, you know, I, I still believe my, my son, my son still has some struggles with bitterness, um, towards his father, but I wanted to let him know, look, your dad doesn't know any better. You know, he doesn't, he really doesn't know how to love. Right. He really does not. His mom gave him love, but his mom had to be both mom and dad, you know? Right. And well, in that whole process, his mom was really tough on him, you know? And, um, but again, every child internalized love and everything that they experienced 
different, but I just wanted to give my son a perspective. Like this is, this is the home your dad grew up in, you know, right. and you just never know because children are different. Everybody can grow up in the same home and internalize their experience different. And so right. I wanted to give them that background, but then to say, Hey, look, your dad doesn't, he's not in love with mommy. He loves me for being your mother. He's just not in love with me and he doesn't want to be with me. My, my ex has been supportive. Um, you know, we, we, we have co-parented pretty well, you know, um, he has, you know, he was financially supportive. You know, I can't, I can't knock, you know, my experience, although we weren't together. There's other women who have a horrible experience. I didn't have that experience. My experience, um, the depth of the, the my pain was the fact that we were together 24 years mm -hmm. and that was just shut off for me. Um, but he's still a good person. You know what I mean? And, and that's right. one thing I was trying to tell my son. He's still a good person. He just didn't know how to love me and he just didn't want me. But I think for children, we got to help them to understand that big picture. We got to help them to understand right. that people are human. We got to help them to understand, um, you know, God is love and we're always supposed to show love even when I don't want to. Right, like, <laughs> even when I don't want to, because of my residue, I'm still right. supposed to reflect God's love, you know. Right. And again, we've been young people before, we didn't always listen to our parents, but again, it's about planting those seeds in our right. children. We don't yeah. know when they're going to absorb them, we don't know <laughs> when they, you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. don't know. I'm just supposed to, that's all God wants me to do is plant, plant the seeds. That's yeah. that, that is it you know right that process again i think you know being a woman is not the easiest job right? right because of all of the things that we have to manage and again all of the identities we have to be and mm -hmm. in that all of that process comes self-care mm -hmm. and so well, that is a piece for me i want to know about for about your life is how did you manage that self-care for you? Right, right. Well, I think there's there's a couple ways to answer that. And, and you know, talk, just to touch a little bit on what you had just said as far as with our, our children is I think that um, anytime we can allow our kids to get a glimpse of things that maybe aren't the ideal or they had a picture in their head of whatever that looked like. Um, I think sometimes, you know, whether it's society or whatever, there's kind of like this illusion that you're either on a good path or a bad path. Um, and I think that if kids kind of get to have the perspective that there's one path that just because you have challenging things or, you know, things that you may have classified as a failure or things that you're considering is, you know, a failure of your parents or, you know, whatever those things are, that is part of the same path because those are the lessons 
on that successful path that happened, that there aren't two paths. There are things that happen that may try and throw you off that path, but those are the experiences that you have that allow you to then make better future decisions, to have that learning, to have those things that, that happen along the way. And I think self-care is actually part of that as well. I think a lot of times as women, we tend to sacrifice for our family, for everyone else, you know, that over giving, you know, all those things. Um, but if we don't fill up our own cup, if we don't, you know, restore ourselves, then we can't be present enough for whether it's our family, our clients, you know, our purpose, any of those kind of things. You know, it's one of the reasons why God has a day of rest. You know, it's like, are we fully resting? Are we fully, you know, allowing ourselves that? And so I would always make an a a point of um, noticing, hey, am I not getting enough sleep? You know, am I not taking care of myself? One of the the coping stra uh, strategies I had, particularly on the police department, was you know in managing stress, is that I would always work out before work, and so I would work out with my squad, and so that would be something to help keep my mind sharp, to help you know me stay strong, um, you know, all of those different you know areas of our life, and so. Um, I always use, uh, so as I, when I retired, I, I kept up some of those skills and then I started honing in on an acronym for people to really um, to help look at all the different ways that they can have self-care. And I have the acronym um, PIES, which is PI, you know, P-I-E-S, like the sweetness of life, having PIE. And that stands for your physical being, your intellect, your emotions, and your spirituality. And all of those things, you need all of those in order to fully um, have the self-care and being showing up as a, a fully integrated person. So I, for myself and for my clients, I have them just ask them, it's a very quick thing. Like, how is my physical body? Just kind of a head to toe. What's going on there? I mean, that is a way that your body tells you, hey, something's going on. You know, you need to be... Um, you know, aware of those things so that we can make those changes. Uh, you know, our mind, right? Our mind can drive us crazy in a lot of different ways. And, and it's what kind of keeps people up at night as well. So you have to be able to say, hey, am I really working through things that, that are going on? You know, and, and emotion as well. Like, you know, hey, how am I feeling today? You know, oh, that did that come out of it nowhere? Or was that something that was building? And then, you know, God has those spiritual messages for us. And you and I have talked about the, you know, be still and know that I'm God. And we don't always give ourselves that stillness to hear those spiritual messages. So part of having that self-care is addressing all of those different aspects of ourselves so that we can show up as a fully integrated person ready to, uh, you know, do our bigger purpose of why we're here. Oh, I love that. Pause. Pie. Everyone likes pie. <laughs> Everybody likes, what's your favorite pie? Oh boy. I like boysenberry pie. I like, you know, any kind of berry pie. Um, but also lemon meringue is one of my favorite as well. I like cherry pie. You said berries. I like cherry. I yeah. Like cherries. That's I amazing. Love, I love that. Physical, intellect, emotional, and spiritual. And I truly believe that makes up who we are. That's, that's, that, that is when one is off. Yep. When one is off, it throws us off like that. Though all, all of those things have to be balanced. And I love, I love that piece. And then I love the part you said, there's only one path, which makes me think about Romans 828. I, I got to quote you on that one. There's only one path. That's Romans 828. 
eight because all things work together right that is everything everything is working together the good the bad and the ugly (laughs) yes right it's the good bad the ugly and the indifferent because even in the bad situations god can still turn it around to work out for me one path i love it i love it i appreciate i'm so thankful for you coming on miss diane um and and sharing with us and sharing your experiences and just um just being true to who you are so if my listeners want to find you where can they find you well, I'm on uh, most of the social uh, platforms, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, all of those things under my name, Diane Halfman. And uh, you can also go to my website, dianehalfman.com. You can get a link to listening to That's the show. That's on the screen. That here on the stream. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, people can uh, search for yeah, you as well as you were a guest on the show and, and uh, further aspects of our, our conversation. So uh, any any of those platforms uh, will help. One of the things I have on my website too, you can actually go to dianehalfman.com forward slash crisis. And there's a resource on there for you to be able to um, identify, you know, what kind of crisis is that you're in? You know, once you have those awarenesses, you can then take steps um, to help do the, that self-correction for yourself so that you're better prepared for any type of crisis or things that come up for you. And that's a free resource on my website. Awesome. Do you have anything new coming out? What do I have new coming out? Anything new coming out? Hmm. Well, I would say right now, I would say I'm focused on the the podcast. I would just say anything, one that's the the new theme with that, um, which you're familiar with is, you know, how are we creating freedom in our life? And so that I think is it's a new question that I'm having people ask uh, because there's so much happening in the world where people are feeling that sense of things happening to them and they feel like they're maybe not a choice. But when you start asking yourself, how am I creating freedom? How am I in partnership with God? You know, how is all the things that may feel negative is actually a positive for me that actually fortifies why I'm here? That's something in the renewing of our mind, something new that can happen for us each and every day when we just ask the question. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. I truly believe that who the sun sets free is free indeed. And God wants us to walk in freedom despite what we see in the natural. It's a lot of wars, you know, plagues. It's a lot of things going on. But I truly believe we still can walk in freedom in spite because we are his children and he loves us. And and that's all that matters. You know, daddy takes really good care of his children. I'm baby girl. He takes really good care of us. And um, that's a really good um, theme. Um, and I, I truly believe people need to hear that now. Now, you know, because um, it, it's so many things pulling us and distracting us in so many different ways. We don't feel free, you know, in our mindset. We don't. And there's so many people dealing with um, mental health. My, my church, actually, my pastor has been talking about mental health for months now um, because he truly believes that that is an important part that we that we need to take care of. Again, it's the pies it is going back to um, focusing all and you can't just focus on your physical health and don't realize, hey, 
your emotional health matters, right? right? What you feel, how you feel, what you think, that intellect, right? You know, yeah. all of those pieces matter to make this um, beautiful puzzle. You know, we are a puzzle because you know, <laughs> some of us right. got pieces missing, but you know, well, that's why we have to look at the totality of us, right? When we allow <laughs> ourselves to be fragmented, we're not in faith, right? I need to write that down. When we, I gotta listen to that again. When we allow, when we allow ourselves to be fragmented, we are not walking in faith. Is that what you say? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a good nugget right there, Miss Diane. That right there is juicy. That that I gotta end on that. That that right there. Oh my gosh! Say it one more time. I need it. I need it. <laughs> when we allow ourselves to be fragmented, we're not walking in faith. God meant for us to be whole people that trusted him to walk that place. Anytime we allow ourselves to be divided, to take ourselves apart, to micromanage, to be in that conflict with other people, we are not being in faith. So notice the times that we are being fragmented by society, by media, by anything. That is the darkness. The darkness is what tries to fragment us. When we are in faith, we are on the path. Ugh. Amen. 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 So at the end of every episode, I love doing an affirmation. And whenever I have a guest, my, my, my guest can do the affirmation with me. So I want you to repeat after me. I am a lion's queen. I am a lioness queen. God wants me to rise up. God wants me to rise up. He wants me to take my rightful place. He wants me to take my rightful place as the queen I am, as the queen I am. He wants me to be residue free. He wants me to be residue free, intentional in my fight, intentional in my fight. Stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God. Realize I am a masterpiece. Realize I am a masterpiece. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am enough. I am enough. I am a lioness queen with a purpose. I am a lioness queen with a purpose. Amen. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Marisa. Thank you for coming on. This has been this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for sharing your blessings and you know, just your wisdom with the world. Amen. Amen. Are you always looking for Christian music to listen to at home, work, or in your car? Check the new Lioness Queen Inspiration online radio station, a Christian radio station dedicated to encouraging and empowering people through inspirational music and messages to use their faith to release their past and walk in their purpose. For more information, visit www.iamthelionessqueen.com. Thank you for supporting the Lioness Queen podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast. Also, follow me on social media and reach out either on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Pinterest. Don't forget to check out our new online radio station, the Lioness Queen Inspiration Station. 
You can get the link on our website, www.iamthelionessqueen.com and email me. I would love to hear from you on how this ministry is inspiring you to live totally residue free. My email is iamthelionessqueen at gmail.com. Come back next Tuesday at 3 p.m. for more from The Lioness Queen.